0: Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. You know, for most folks, home is a sanctuary, a place where you feel safe. Other things may be going on in the big, bad world, but home is often the place where you can go to get away from it all so it can be particularly unsettling when the big bad comes to your house to find you and on a bitter snowy night in 1985 someone came for denise chance denise lived in springfield ohio that's in clark county a little closer to dayton than columbus she was born to mom linda and dad ben They weren't together anymore. Her dad lived in Indianapolis. Her mom lived in the family home with Denise's two younger siblings, Dina and Ben. Denise herself had just moved out about 10 days earlier. She was 18, a recent graduate of Kenton Ridge High School, and she was eager to assert her independence. Denise worked at a local nursing home. She loved being with older people. She would even go back to the home on her days off to take a resident out to lunch and that paycheck enabled her to accept an offer from a family friend 27-year-old Vicky Denise often babysat for Vicky and Vicky asked Denise if she'd like to move in with her to a new house she was going to rent Denise could get a break on her share of the rent by helping with the kids And so after the holidays, they all moved into the home on Erder Drive. Denise took a room that was renovated from part of the garage. Denise also had a boyfriend, Roger Stevens. The two of them were even talking about marriage. Denise was really looking forward to becoming a mother someday. Ten days after moving into her new place on January 7, 1985, Denise decided to take her brother Ben out for an early birthday celebration. It was a Sunday. Ben was turning 15 in another week, and Denise knew he loved to play pool. So she took them to a place called Forest Lake Fishing and Camping Game Room. During the evening, a couple of guys paid some unwelcome attention to them. They were teasing Ben about a glove he was wearing and making advances to Denise. It was uncomfortable. They exchanged some words, and then Denise and Ben decided to leave. At about 10 p.m. or so, Denise dropped Ben off at home and chatted with her mom for a bit. Mom Linda had a birthday coming up too in just a couple of days. I'll see you for your birthday, Denise told her mom. Then Denise drove to her new place in the Northern Estate subdivision. She chatted on the phone with her boyfriend for a while then stayed up talking to Vicky until after 1.30 in the morning. As Vicki headed for bed, Denise mentioned that her room was too cold, so she was going to sleep on the couch. What happened next, we have no idea. Sometime after 5 a.m., Vicki woke up because the house was freezing. A short investigation later revealed why. The door to the garage was wide open as was the door from the garage to the outdoors, where it was 20 degrees, and Denise was gone. She'd left behind her shoes, her coat, her purse, her car keys. They were all piled up next to the couch where she had planned to sleep. Her car was still parked outside. Vicky called Linda to see if her daughter had somehow gone home for some reason. She hadn't. Vicky's next phone call was to the police. Mike Hill was a young Springfield patrol officer who responded to the call that morning. There was snow on the ground. It was one of the first snows of the year, he told a Dayton Daily News reporter many years later. There were no tracks leading away from the house where she would have left, so we believe that she probably left prior to the snow sticking to the ground. Well, the snow had started falling around 2.20 a.m., which meant Denise left or was taken from the house no more than 40 minutes after Vicki had gone to bed. There was no sign of forced entry. Had Denise opened the door to her killer? It seemed likely it would have been someone she knew. I found an early report that also said a steak knife was found on the floor of Denise's bedroom. But I didn't see references to that later so I don't know if the police thought the knife had any relevance. Springfield police, the Clark County Sheriff's Office, and the Ohio Department of Natural Resources joined together to scour the neighborhood as well as the nearby Northwood Hills Country Club and the Clarence Brown Reservoir. The local TV station, WHIO, even offered its helicopter to perform aerial and heat-seeking searches. Denise was a petite brunette, five foot two inches, no more than a hundred pounds. She was a tiny thing, but finding her was going to get even harder because the snow that had started falling that night, it didn't stop. It was the beginning of a deep freeze and the ground remained covered for weeks. That snow was hiding a secret. On March 20, 10 weeks after Denise vanished, a man was looking for aluminum cans in a draining ditch along Baldwin Lane, a lonely stretch of country road. The man saw some flesh peeking out from the melting ice and snow. The spring thaw was finally releasing Denise. She lay about 30 feet from the edge of the road. She was naked, but for the socks on her feet and two heart-shaped rings on her fingers. There were no obvious signs of violence and no distinguishable ligature marks on her, but the coroner ruled she had died from asphyxiation. Investigators used canoes to probe a creek nearby, but turned up nothing of value. It was a case that haunted those who had investigated it. Back on the 30th anniversary of Denise's murder, a retired Springfield detective named Bob Kerr said hers is the cold case he most wants to see solved. He spent 12 years as a homicide detective and another dozen years in the prosecutor's office, but this, this is the one he can't forget. And while police haven't had enough evidence to close this case, The killer may not be a mystery to everyone. Sergeant Jeffrey Flores told a reporter, people know, and we need them to come forward. Denise's boyfriend, Roger, by the way, he was cleared and is not on anyone's suspect list. There is a man, however, whose name keeps coming up. A young man who had been accused of rape before and went on to collect a lengthy rap sheet. He was Denise's age, ran in the same circles, and people who knew him thought him capable of it. He died a couple of years ago, but there have been suggestions that if he did it, he did not act alone. Over the years, authorities have made cryptic comments. Detective R.W. Jordan fielded a telephone call from someone recently who started talking about things they knew that night, things that raised eyebrows. The retired detective, Kerr, he referred to there being some evidence that police had and that they just needed the right person to step forward and put the last piece in this puzzle. And there apparently was some DNA collected in the case, which was only tested a few years ago. The only reference to this that I could find said the DNA Came back inconclusive. Despite all the rumors, the suspects, the theories, none of it has come to anything. Denise's murder changed life for everyone who knew her. Her sister Dina, who was 11 when she was killed, said her sister's case has consumed her. For a long time she feared her own 18th birthday to her 18 meant death and violence. She told the Dayton Daily News she was even afraid to have children. She didn't want them to turn 18. But she did have children. She said, my daughter is 20 and my son is 13, and my daughter is still living at home with me going to college because if I allow her to move out, this is what happens. Even as a teenager, Dina would call detectives routinely to talk about her sister's case, but the police wouldn't let her see the photos taken of Denise's body until she came of age. A few days after her 18th birthday, she showed up at the Springfield police station and asked to see them. She lives in Indiana now, but routinely makes the trip back to make sure investigators know the family is still waiting for an answer. Dina said, I'm angry. I'm probably more angry than sad. 30 years have gone by. This person or persons have gotten married and had kids and probably grandkids, and they haven't given her a second thought. Somebody out there knows something. 30 years we've lived this way. There has to be closure. I don't want to die not knowing. Well, if anyone listening knows something that can help in this case, please call the Springfield Police at 937-324-7707. That's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week, and may all of your mysteries have happy endings.